Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Life Over Coffee. This is episode 261. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are here. The title of this episode is The Biggest Danger of Sheltering Your Children from the World. I was having a conversation with one of our Mastermind students last evening, and we were talking about this idea of sheltering your children You know, parents have this dilemma, this tension in their hearts. Do they keep their children separated from the world? They don't introduce them to the world. How do you rear children in a culture that is continuing to become more and more stark, diverse from the world that we desire, the world that we love, a biblically informed, a biblically living world? And so every parent has to decide. Uh, my children are being reared in the culture. They're being influenced in or, or by the culture. And so how do I bring them up? How, do I keep them separated from the culture? Do I introduce them to the culture? And so this is a, a true tension. Now, I do meet with our Mastermind students once a month. Our Mastermind program is an all online distance education program where we uh, teach our students theology, we teach them psychology, and what I mean by psychology, I'm talking about the word concerning the soul, the study of the soul. And so when I use the word psychology, I am not talking about a cultural interpretation of that at all. I'm talking about true psychology, which is God's word that reveals our soul. And so we teach them theology, we teach them psychology, and and we teach them application. And so they're doing this training 24-7. It's self-paced. They do it on their own but I also meet with our students uh, once a month for an hour, and we talk about all sorts of things. As you can imagine from this podcast, we're talking about parenting children, and so it is really getting into the nooks and crannies of the student's life. Sometimes we talk about the program, but we're definitely talking about all things pertaining to life and college godliness. And so it really supplements their training. It also helps me as their instructor to be able to learn more about them. And of course, the more that I can learn about our students, the more that I can uh, instruct them effectively. Of course, we have other supervisors that are in that training process as well. And so in this discussion last night with one of our mastermind students, the the conversation went to parenting children, and this is a big deal. And so I began to think about it uh, afterward, and I was thinking about it this morning. And as I normally do, I, I muse for a while, and then I start writing, and then things turn into podcast, and that's what we have here. And so I want to talk about, if you want to read the show notes, by the way, it's episode 261, The Biggest Danger to Sheltering Your Children from the World. And so I want to talk about this notion of separating children, sheltering children, introducing children to the world. And so let me give you three scenarios, and then I will work through it for you. I want to give you three parenting scenarios, three different kinds of of children. And so the first one is the uh, sheltered child. And, and what I mean by that, they are separated from the world. Maybe to give you an idea of this kind of kid, uh, legalism you know, comes to mind. 
I mean, the the strongest case for this or illustration of this would be Amish, of course. And so that gives you a visual of the kind of child that I'm talking about. The parents believe that they just need to draw a hard line, not just a line, but a wall, a barrier. And so these kids are sheltered or separated from the world. I'm not saying that that is wrong, uh, but that is an approach that some parents take. And so when these children, now typically in, in my counseling experience, when these children get into the world, when they are officially introduced to the culture, uh, when they're 18, go to college or, or whenever, shortly thereafter, uh, they have a hard time knowing how to live in the culture. And, and it is a problem for many of these children. But I'm not saying that this is wrong. And if you choose to separate your children from the world, I would just appeal to you to listen to this podcast and and then you continue to do as you believe God wants you to do. And then there's a, a second kind of child. I'm going to call this child the indoctrinated child. This is the child who is separated from the culture. They're separated from the world like the first kind of child that I mentioned to you. But the parents introduce the child to the world. Uh, They teach the child appropriately according to age. You know, it's like the sex talk. You don't have it at two or three or four or five years of age. You have it at the appropriate time. And so it is appropriately indoctrinating or introducing the child to the ways of the world. And so, for example, now let me go in and tell you, this was the approach that we chose for our children. Uh, We chose to introduce them to the world, to be part of the world, even though they didn't imbibe upon the world, okay? And so a a few illustrations of that, Uh, we, when our children were 8, 9, 10 years of age, we would watch the TV show Cops. And we did this for two reasons. One was to teach them to respect uh, police officers. And then the second reason was to talk to them about the drug culture and the people that participated in the drug culture. Many of those TV shows were about drugs. It was about other things as well. But what we wanted to do is to introduce them to the world that this is how the culture lives. It's not how we lived. And so we would do that. We would watch movies as well uh, that a separated child, this first child I introduced to you, that they would not watch. And again, I'm not saying that our way is better. I don't want you to hear that. You have to make these choices yourself. But we decided, and it's probably a lot of it had to do with because I came up in my Christian walk in a fundamentalist legalistic culture, and I've I've seen the fallout of that, and the fallout is 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 comprehensive. It's wide. It's broad. It's deep. There's a lot of dysfunctional children who are adults who were reared in the separated lifestyle that I described initially. Even though I'm going to caveat one more time, I'm not opposed to that. But there are some things that the parents need to understand and need to do if they're going to choose to separate their children from the world. And you just can't do that without instructing these children well. And unfortunately, many of these fundamentalist, legalistic parents don't know how to do that. 
and in many ways, oftentimes a parent by fear, which is not a way to parent. They also have a misunderstanding of what worldliness is. They believe that worldliness is in the world, but in actuality, worldliness is in our hearts, in our Adamic natures. And so, in actuality, you can't separate your children from the world in the most theologically precise way because the world is inside your home, more specifically is inside the child's heart. And so when you separate from the world, uh, you really need to understand what you are doing, what worldliness is, and you need to instruct your children accordingly. But unfortunately, many of these legalistic parents do not understand these things, and so they just do the external behavior behavioral thing, drawing a hard line or building a wall between their children and the world, and it becomes problematic. And so because I've seen the horrendous effect of that, uh, that is probably the most influential thing on my life as to why we have chosen this second option, which is separating our children from the world, but introducing them to the world bit by bit. And so even the sex talk that we have with our that we had with our children when they were 11, 12, 13 years of age, it depends. Our daughter daughters uh, had the sex talk earlier. Our my son, our son, I had the sex talk with him when he was a little bit older. I think he was 13 or almost 13. Uh, when we had the uh, sex talk, but even that was a three-day uh, process, two-and-a-half-day process of having the sex talk. And so as you're introducing them to the world, there is a process to do that. I've given you two illustrations where we used to watch uh, comps uh, and and other things, movies, for example, and like the sex talk. And so you have the separated child, you have the indoctrinated or the introduced child, incrementally speaking, and then you have the child that lives in the world. Their parents are just worldly people. I mean, they they drink, they smoke, they cuss, they they watch all sorts of movies, a unlimited time on technology, et cetera, et cetera, and and, and the, the world is brought into the home, and it's not introduced as in that is bad and we don't do that. No, this kind of child, they live in it, and so they don't learn about weed uh, from cops per se, but they smoke weed, and so these are three kinds of kids, the separated, sheltered child, the introduced, indoctrinated child to the world, and then the worldly child who lives in it. All three of these children can end up living in the dregs of society, and it's important for you to know that. Your best parenting techniques, strategies, methodologies, is not a guarantee to keep your children from ending up in the bar. And so all three of these children, any three of these children, could end up hanging out with the dregs of society, and they can be, they can be the dregs of society. And that is so crucial for you to understand. But then you could also flip this around and say that all three, any of these three children could be the most influential Christians that the world has ever known. 
Now, as far as full disclosure is concerned, and many of you know my testimony, I was reared in the scenario of, of number three that I have described to you, the worldly child. Uh, my father was an alcoholic. My mother uh, had many affairs. I mean, just many, many, many affairs. I remember one time uh, she took us out into this old rundown house in the middle of a field. You, you see those houses every now and then. It's an old house, you know, no windows. It's, it's, it's a dark gray house, you know, as far as the, the wood is concerned, no paint. It's all peeled off. There's some oak trees around it, and it's in the middle of a, a wheat field or some type of field. Nobody's living there anymore. All right, so she took us down this long drive out to this patch where this house was, and we played outside, and she had a police officer of all things who uh, came and met her there, and she told us, and we were probably five or six years old, I can visually remember it, but I don't remember my age. But she told us that she was uh, meeting with him to have a conversation with him inside this house while we played outside, and she made sure that we played outside. Of course, you know, as I became an adult, I realized what she was actually doing inside of the house. And then again, my father was an alcoholic. There was cursing. I've learned every curse word in the book before I was six years of age. Beat up. We were smoking weed by the time we were 10, 11, 12 years of age, etc., etc., etc. And so we were not just introduced to the world. The world was brought into our home and we participated uh, in it lustily, as the King James Bible would say. But then God regenerated me and I'm, I'm not like that any longer. And so any of these three kids can end up in the dregs of society. Any of these three kids can um, be Christians and really be lovers of God and lovers of others. And it's important. It's so imperative that we know that. Now, there's a temptation that comes with sheltered children or indoctrinated children, the first child or the second child that I, I mentioned sheltered children or those introduced to the world, they can feel inferior to their worldly high school counterparts. And so when children, these children become teenagers and they go into middle school or they go into high school, and you say, well, our children are homeschooled till they're 18. Okay. They hang out with the kids at church and the youth meeting uh, who are more experienced in the world these sheltered kids can be uh, intimidated or they can feel inferior. They can feel like they're being left behind because even the kids who are introduced to the world, like our children have been, you can do that in theory, but you don't do that through experience. They learn about weed by watching a TV show or by me talking about my past, but there's a difference between learning about weed and, and smoking weed. And so these more experienced cultural kids that come into your youth meeting or they're in high school, th these worldly children seem to be more advanced 
than these sheltered children or those who are just merely introduced to the world. And the disparity between the sheltered or the introduced kids versus the actual worldly kid, well, it can be very tempted, uh, tempting rather for these kids. And so it's important for parents to understand this. Your children could come home and and let, let's say they, they go into high school and then they see these, experience, these culturally experienced kids because their parents had a, a no-holds-barred kind of attitude and just let virtually anything go. And it can feel like they've missed out on something because they're not worldly wise and there's so many things that they don't know. And this, is a, this can be a huge temptation Uh, For your children, those that you have sheltered, you have separated from the world, or even those that you have taught, in theory, what the culture is like, like what we did. Now, that's the negative, but there is a positive upshot to the sheltered or the indoctrinated child, and that is that they will have character development. You, You have taught them Things like integrity or making eye contact when you talk to someone or not giving in to instant gratification or impulsivity or you, humility. So there are character qualities that a sheltered kid can have or an indoctrinated kid can have, and this is a positive. And what these children and teenagers need to know that, honestly, they are going to blow past their worldly counterparts. Their worldly counterparts, their claim that their 15 seconds of fame is going to be their popularity popularity in in high school, but because they don't have character development, they are going to face plant. They're going to fall flat when they go into the world. Many of them do. And so these kids who have character development, parents, you want to you want to envision them that the benefit of this in their future as they become adults it can be you know son i understand that you know, there's a temptation to be drawn to the world and these cool kids uh, but also look at them they don't have self-control they are stuck on themselves they don't have humility they don't operate in integrity and that's really not the kind of person that you want to be And imagine how that would play out when these worldly wise kids become adults and they are in the workplace or in their marriages. They are selfish, they are spoiled, they are competitive, they can only think of themselves because that is how they have been trained. And so though it can be tempting uh, for the sheltered kid or the indoctrinated kid to the world, it could be tempted to them for them to want to be like their worldly counterparts. Parents need to do a good job of teaching, not just teaching them character development, but envisioning them to how they are going to be positioned to do life well once they get into the world and they are living on their own. Now, here's the big point that I, I really want you to get in this podcast in the podcast is episode 261 the biggest danger to sheltering your children uh, from the world is that if you shelter your child 
you keep your child from the ways of the world. I remember meeting one of my fellow graduates from our fundamentalist Bible college. I met him, so we graduated in 1990, I believe, 1990, and I met him like in 2002, something like that, about 12 years later. And when I met him, I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen him since, you know, in, in, in that entire decade plus. And so I met him, and so we were catching up. And, and this is what he told me. One of the things he told me, he said, Rick, I've, I've trained my children the right way. Uh, we read the right Bible. We listened to the right music. We did all the right things. Now, what he was saying was is that we read the King James Bible only. We only listened to conservative music, not Christian contemporary music. And we, the, the girls didn't wear pants, only wore dresses, and, and we didn't go to all these places, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what he meant when he said we reared our children the right way, but all our children have gone to the world. They are living on the dark side now. And that is one illustration, and I've seen that a hundred times in my experience. And so this is what I want you to hear. If a child goes over to the dark side, it is their desires that took them there. It is wrong-headed to think the sheltered child or the indoctrinated child went dark because of how their parents reared them. And some parents beat themselves up, and that's what my friend was doing, my fellow college graduate was doing he said, we reared them the right way, and he was beating himself up because he chose that approach to rearing his children. Now, I would not rear my children that way. Obviously, we didn't, but I'm not saying that what he did was wrong. It doesn't have to be wrong, but he was missing. He did not understand that the reason they went to the dark side is because their desires, it was the desires of their hearts that took them there. James 1, 14 and 15 says it explicitly, we are lured away by our own desires. And so you can paint dresses on your children. You can put the King James Bible in their hands. You can keep alcohol away from them. That's fine. There doesn't have to be anything wrong with that. But if they go over to the dark side, it's not because they were sheltered. It's not because they were separated from the world. It's not because uh, you introduced them to the world, but you kept them, kept them separated like what we have done. The reason they went to the dark side is because that is what is in their hearts. If a child chooses darkness over light, it's because they wanted the darkness. Their hearts were already dark. And so the difference between any of the three children in the three scenarios that I gave you, the difference, the sheltered child, the indoctrinated child, the worldly child, the difference is Christ. If they don't have Christ, then it doesn't matter 
in one sense, how you rear them. Think about it this way. As I've illustrated with my own life, just giving you a couple of illustrations of how I was reared. Obviously, I was reared on the dark side. My parents brought darkness into the home. But my life did not turn out that way. Because eventually, I found Christ. Or as some like to say, and it's more accurate actually, Christ found me. God regenerated me. And that overpowered, that just obliterated how I was reared. And so I was reared in the worst possible way. But yet because of Christ, I am not living according to my upbringing. And so the difference between the sheltered kid, the indoctrinated kid, and the worldly kid is Christ. All three of these children could end up in a bar smoking weed, and generally dysfunctional. All three of them can, whether you shelter them, introduce them to the world, or you live in the world. And so the sheltered kid, he's separated from the world, he's not instructed in the world, and he ends up in the bar, ends up smoking weed, ends up dysfunctional. The indoctrinated kid, he's introduced to the world, but he doesn't imbibe in the world, but he ends up in the bar smoking weed and generally dysfunctional. And then the worldly kid, well, he was living in the world from jump, and he stays in the world smoking weed, hanging out in the bar, and generally dysfunctional. If that happens, it is because they didn't have Christ, and that's the key thing. And so we have hope in all of this. You know, it sounds like, well, if I shelter them, it doesn't matter. If I just introduce them to the world but keep them from it, it doesn't matter. If I bring the world home and let's just have a party, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. You train them in the way of Christ, practically speaking. Train them in the way of Christ. You build a glove, a Christocentric glove, and then, then, then pray that someday that child will slide his hand up into that glove. And so you present the glove of what it should be, what Christ should be. You teach them about Christ. Don't presume. Don't take for granted. Don't say that what you do doesn't matter. It, doesn't, it does matter. Don't presume against God's grace and say, well, I'll just you know, go drink, smoke, do what I want to do because, well, you know, if Christ is the answer, well, there's really nothing that I can do. Well, that's presuming against God's grace, and so you don't want to do that. So train them up in the way of Christ, practically speaking, point number one. And then point number two, beg God to regenerate them. Because if God doesn't regenerate the separated, sheltered child, you got a problem on your hands. If God doesn't regenerate the indoctrinated kid, you got a problem on your hands. And if God doesn't regenerate me, the worldly dysfunctional imbibing kid, you got a problem on your hand. And so if your child has the teaching of Christ, but chooses the world, ask God to draw him or her to himself. Your child has the teaching of the world, but is not living, I mean teaching, uh, the teaching of Christ, but is not living for Christ. 
Well, then just ask God to draw your child to himself. There is a high chance your child will come to Christ, though it could be decades from now and after many unalterable disappointments. Because here's the thing. Jeremiah taught us that you know, they, they hewn out, they, they build these uh, cisterns, water pots. They build these cisterns that don't hold water. And, and so many people tried the world. The sheltered kid tries the world. The indoctrinated kid tries the world. The worldly kid obviously tries the world. But many of them really, they come to learn that that's just a bunch of junk. It's just wood, hay, and, and stubble. It's just a bunch of nonsense, and it never does satisfy. It's water. But it doesn't satisfy. Only Christ gives the water that satisfies. And so you train them in the way of Christ, and you pray that God will regenerate them. And if they don't choose Christ when they're 8 or 18 or 28, you keep on praying. Because ultimately the main thing is heaven. That is the main thing for your child, not a wrinkle-free life on earth. Now, granted, we want our children to, to not experience the unalterable hardships and broken relationships that a 45-year-old man or woman will inevitably have if they do not choose Christ, and, and those, their past will be unalterable. They won't be able to escape their past as far as the brokenness of it. But even if they have that, as long as they have Christ, even if they come to Christ when they're 55, my mother came to Christ when she was 72. She's got heaven, a lot of regret, but she's got heaven, and ultimately that's what matters. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.